you're losing a half a pound a week and then you're doing all of the things that we talk about in terms of strength training and, and managing a realistic caloric deficit um, and trying not to be too overly restrictive, then that's a good rate of, of weight loss. And that's what we're discussing on this episode of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show. Welcome to the show where we help you make smart nutrition simple. If you want proven nutrition strategies to help you build a better body and create the energy to show up for your family without overly restrictive and unrealistic dieting, then you're in the right place. Make sure to subscribe and enjoy this episode. Sleep is one of the most anabolic, really hormonal mechanisms and responses that we have to help us uh, burn body fat, build muscle mass, recover both physically, mentally, emotionally. And so it really is one of the most limiting factors. That's why I named it, you know, you can't lose if you don't snooze, is, is if we're not sleeping, then we're missing out on crucial elements of our body's ability to uh, recover, to actually facilitate the hormonal responses necessary to to establish you know, fat loss in the body, to improve our sort of metabolic output. Uh, and, and what a lot of people get into is the situation where they're quote unquote eating right, they're exercising and, and they're kind of burning the candle at both ends and they're missing the major, major component of, of sleep. As, as silly as it sounds, it, it really is a major limiting factor. So Jasmine, what's up, Jasmine? Jasmine asked, what are your macros right now? And what goals are you working towards? Jasmine, uh, okay. I, I generally am really not a fan of sharing my own methodology and kind of what I'm currently doing. I suppose I, I can understand why you guys want to know. I just think it's so irrelevant to to most people what I'm doing, um, but I will share it because you asked. And so uh, I actually have a photo shoot. I'm creating some content, some marketing content, some branding. So I have a photo shoot on Friday. So I've actually been kind of dieting down. My calories have been pretty low for the past eight weeks. Um, so I'm currently consuming about 2,100 calories. Uh, I, within that is I eat about 190, 200 grams of protein. Um, I'm at about, what am I, about 150 grams of, of carbs uh, and uh, roughly 70 grams of fat, somewhere around there. Now, over the past couple of weeks, and, and so generally that's what I'll do. That's what I've done over the past, you know, prior to the past two weeks, for the first six weeks of the dieting phase is simply took my calories from about 2,800 to about 2,000. So pretty aggressive deficit. I've been walking a lot more. Obviously the goal with this photo shoot is to, to be as lean as I can within reason. Um, I'm not gonna do anything too terribly drastic. I don't frankly don't have time. And when we talk about sleep, like my sleep is not great. I have a ton of stress going on right now. We're in the middle of remodeling our house. I'm in the office 14 hours a day you know, working and, and blah, 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 all the things we all deal with. So the point is, it would be different if I was 25 years old, didn't have any worries in the world in terms of where my calories would be, what my exercise would look like. Uh, but I'm 41, going on 42, and I have a tremendous amount of responsibilities, which 
impacts my ability to recover, uh, impacts how I regulate blood sugar levels and so on and so forth. And so um, I know my body and I know what I can get away with and I know not to push too hard or else I'll get, I'll break down, I'll get injured, I'll get sick. Uh, and so that's kind of where I'm at right now. Over the past couple of weeks, I've been experimenting with a couple, uh, a couple of things just in terms of manipulating water, manipulating carbohydrate intake. Um, Jasmine, you'd be uh, intrigued to know, you know, that essentially when we talk about photo shoots, we obviously want to look the best possible. And there's some techniques that you can use to manipulate uh, how your muscles look by virtue of how much fluid they're holding and how much glycogen, how much carbohydrate your muscles are holding. And so what I've been sort of experimenting or uh, experimenting with is just playing around with my carbohydrate intake so that really what we do is when we exercise, we deplete our carbohydrates. So we burn through our stores of sugar in the muscle and, uh, and kind of burn through all of that energy that comes from our food. And that's just physiologically what happens when we exercise depending on the form of exercise that we do now it's advantageous to ensure that when you want your muscles to look full you have both a lot of fluid in the muscles to a degree but also a lot of glycogen and glycogen is is really carbohydrate if you will it's the it's the sugars that come from our food that helps us fill up the muscles with energy essentially and the liver with energy and so it's advantageous as you lead up to a photo shoot to really first and foremost uh, really deplete the muscles so what i'll do is what i did over the past few days is i spent the few days extremely low carbohydrate high uh, high protein um, moderate fat for a few days and now I've been carving up. So I depleted the muscles through exercise and through low carbohydrate. Now I've been carving up the last, both last night and today. So I'm eating about 800 to 1000 grams of carbohydrate today from things like uh, just honestly junk, like cream of rice, maple syrup, uh, gummy bears, Gatorade, like sugar, like simple sugars that are gonna be driven directly into the muscle so that I can get really full, you know, looking muscles, uh, and find that tipping point where, um, the muscles look the best. Uh, and this is a very well-known strategy, I guess, for a lot of physique related stuff. And, and so I thought it advantageous to just kind of play around with it. I've done some of this stuff years ago when I did some magazine, um, shoots and whatnot, but it's obviously been a long time. And frankly, um, I don't think I'll ever do this again, but when in Rome. So that's where my calories are. After this though, after this Friday, um, I am spending probably four months in a caloric, at, at maintenance and or in a caloric surplus, um, chilling out, getting my metabolism to kind of uh, drive back up, um, improving my sleep and so on. So we always suffer. When we're in a caloric deficit, we always suffer regardless of whether people uh, realize it or not, for anyone that's dieted for a considerable period of time, you're going to suffer in the form of obviously the foods that you should or shouldn't be eating. Your sleep is going to suffer. Your libido is going to suffer. Your energy levels are going to suffer. Your recovery from exercise is going to suffer. Um, it's not fun, frankly, for most people spending the time getting, trying to get super lean. And that's what a lot of people realize through this process. That's why you can't be in a caloric deficit in perpetuity. Like people want to just diet all year round and 
that's also why people end up failing so frequently is because it's it's just not it's just not realistic um okay cool so that was my little soapbox spiel about where my calories are currently at uh now someone had asked a question what if i'm not losing weight fast enough and my response to that is obviously depends on so many different factors. So what if you're not losing weight? Well, are you actually losing weight? What's the time period? How, where are your calories? Where were your calories before you started? What are you doing on a daily basis to facilitate weight loss? What does your exercise format look like? Um, because usually our rate of weight loss and or fat loss, and I do think it's important to differentiate between weight loss and fat loss. Uh, obviously, it's very contextual, but we want to be losing body fat. Um, when we lose weight, so let's say we are in an aggressive caloric deficit. So let's say we're eating 2,500 calories. We drop you to 1,800 calories or 2,000 calories. So that's about a 20%, 20% plus deficit. Well, that could be seen as an aggressive deficit, in which case you might be losing weight at a, a pound or that would probably equate to about a pound a week on paper. Uh, obviously, everyone's very different. So if we're losing a pound a week, fine. But if we're losing two pounds a week, well, that's a bit more aggressive, in which case the faster we lose the weight, the more we lose from muscle tissue, from bone tissue, from water weight. And so we've got to pay attention to those variables to determine, okay, well, what are we actually losing? And what do those trends look like from week to week in terms of how much body fat are we actually losing? And the way we would determine that is both, both looking at the scale weight as well as looking at circumference measurements and saying, okay, well, you know, we can see that the, the midsection is going down, the chest is going down, the arms and, and thighs are going down, the hips are going down and so on to determine, okay, well, you, if those are going down, you're, you're likely losing body fat in conjunction with, again, the more aggressively you lose it, the more you're going to lose from muscle mass as well. About a third of the weight that we lose, about 30% of the weight that we lose when we're losing weight is coming from muscle mass. However, we can offset that. And I spoke about this previously in terms of the value of strength training. So that's why it's so important to say, okay, well, what are you doing within the spectrum of, of weight loss to ensure that you're minimizing the amount of muscle mass that you lose through this process? So when you say, what if I'm not losing fast enough? Well, how fast are you losing? If you're losing a half a pound a week, and then you're doing all of the things that we talk about in terms of strength training and, and managing a realistic caloric deficit, um, and try not to be too overly restrictive, then that's a good rate of of weight loss. Think about it through over the course of a year. If you were to lose half a pound a week over the course of a year, that's 26 pounds. For most people, that's exceptional. And so that comes back to what is your perception of what the weight loss, the, the, the rate of weight loss should look like. I have people losing two pounds a week and and they feel frustrated that they're not losing fast enough. That's just about our perception of what we think weight loss should look like because of mainstream media giving us the illusion that weight loss happens rapidly, that it should be easy, that there's a magic pill, so on and so forth. Like it just does not happen like that, nor would we want to happen like it like that at two pounds plus a week, like we see biggest loser style. When when you lose that fast for most people, the research is very clear that the likelihood of you gaining that weight back is going to be 
uh, significantly higher than someone that takes the time to lose it slow and steady and methodical while they're supporting their metabolism with enough food and the appropriate types of exercise and getting enough sleep like we talked about previously and so on and so forth. So that's why a question like that is super nebulous. Uh, it just totally depends on the person. But I do think when we look at scale weight, we need to look at it much more realistically around half a pound to a pound a week as probably the most aggressive that we should be shooting for. And that's certainly what I keep my eye on when I'm working with clients from week to week is if someone's losing too aggressively, then we need to look into, okay, we might in fact need to slow things down a little bit to ensure that there's not a, a, their body doesn't start to push back. Their body doesn't start to push back against this aggressive calorie deficit because the calories in, calories out are one thing, but also the thing that we fail to acknowledge is the hormonal balance aspect. And, and when calories are super low and exercise is super high, we're creating shifts in our metabolism. And the metabolism wants to push back almost like a thermostat to the degree that it's going to cause hunger, it's going to cause cravings, it's going to cause uh, lethargy. It's like I was just talking about how I've been dieting for the past eight weeks. Like sleep is not awesome, uh, libido's not awesome, um, digestion's not awesome, like I don't have great energy. Um, we're just not supposed to be in a caloric deficit forever. So that's your body pushing back to say, yo, uh, I care more about survival than your photo shoot. And I want to do things that, <laughs> you know, I want to do things that are going to um, help me survive rather than look good with your shirt off, plain and simple. And we've got to respect that. So when we work with people, we say, look, you know, we're not going to push against the boundaries of what your metabolism is capable of. We're going to be very smart and strategic about this process to ensure that most of the clients that we work with end up walking away from their coaching program, eating the most amount of food while they're the leanest that they've been at any point in the program, which is a beautiful thing to be. Whereas conversely, a lot of diet programs and coaches will just back their clients into a corner and say, we're just going to diet you down and significantly increase exercise to the point where we're going to get our, you know, we're going to get our photo shoot done. You're going to look awesome. And then we'll see you later. And then you're screwed because there's no reverse diet. There's no metabolic uh, support. There's no slowly backing yourself out of that corner. It's like, now you're just going to gorge because your metabolism is going to be like, I got to fuel myself. Um, anyways, one of my clients, Nathan, who's in Hawaii, bruh, um, he had asked a question because he's in this situation where we are, he's probably about five weeks into the program. And uh, Nathan, I hope you don't mind me sharing, but I'm, I'm going to share some of this because I think it's relevant for people. Um, so Nathan is six, six weeks into the program. He's down uh, about... 13 pounds, we'll say average 13 pounds from highest to lowest is, is uh, about 19. But on average, he's down 13 pounds in six weeks, which is fantastic, fantastic progress. He's not, he's in a pretty good caloric deficit from where he was before. And um, he had, he's sort of in the situation where he's figuring out how to appropriately track his calories. He's eating enough protein. And he's really on a roll and he's feeling super motivated. And when I was reviewing his check-in sheet, uh, I think this morning or yesterday morning, 
I kind of noticed that there were a couple things that were leading me to believe that he was overly restricting himself. I noticed that his carbohydrates were significantly lower than sort of the uh, ratios that I had given him. And I didn't, I haven't looked at his food log or anything like that, but I made it a point to express in my check-in review with him that like Nathan, you know, it's really important, especially in these stages where we're seeing good progress, that we continue to be realistic about our expectations for weight loss and what we see on the scale and not sometimes when we would get motivated, we see that that scale's moving. We really want to buckle down and kind of white knuckle it and, and keep pushing it forward without acknowledging that, Hey, more is not always better. And so he asked the question because I alluded to the fact that, Hey, I just want to make sure that we're not like overly restricting that, you know, you can have things that you want to have within reason because you still have a pretty decent amount of calories, uh, to spare at the end of the day and so on. And, and so he kind of expressed that he's worried about having some sweet treats or having things that he would have had prior to the coaching program, uh, because it, it might stimulate him to, uh, you know, lead him to temptation, lead him to wanting to have more. And so I think it's always about finding that right balance for you as an individual. So Nathan, I'll speak to you as an individual here and say, listen, um, and, and I'll speak more in depth, obviously, to you personally, but I think it's really important that you, we acknowledge first and foremost that this plan of attack is something that uh, we are going to be, uh, that we're teaching you how to implement in your day-to-day life, in the real world life that you live with your kid, um, with your busy job, with your training schedule, uh, and you're never not going to um, or need to not have the things that you want to have. We can always make it fit within a structure and with a, within a framework. So the mindset around restriction is one that is only going to cause more problems down the road, in my experience, to the degree that if we... Uh, white knuckle it if we intentionally restrict for a period of time well similar to how i was explaining how like the metabolism pushes back against uh excessive dieting well i feel like our psychology pushes back against that dieting mindset of saying well i'm just going to completely avoid sweets or i'm going to completely avoid sugar i'm going to completely avoid ice cream, whatever it is, whatever, you know, your, your perceived vices to the point where eventually you're going to get to a breaking point where that willpower and motivation and drive isn't going to be there perhaps at the end of a really long day or a really long week, or if you and your wife get in a fight or the kids driving you absolutely bonkers and you're going to be like, screw it. You know what? And you're going to end up eating significantly more than you would have otherwise, in which case, I think it's just important to understand at the end of the day, calories are calories. It doesn't matter if it's calories from ice cream. It doesn't matter if it's calories from an apple or a chicken breast or broccoli. Uh, it's, it's just food. It's just calories. Our body's pretty darn good at utilizing those raw materials. In which case, if there's certain things that you enjoy that you can find that fit within the spectrum of, of the structure that you have, then you should include those. Now, there's a difference between having foods that you know are going to be a trigger for you. So for example, um, if if you have a Hershey's chocolate bar and you know by virtue of having this Hershey's chocolate bar, you're going to end up wanting to eat another chocolate bar and then another chocolate bar, which is a very 
real problem for people, then you should probably avoid Hershey's chocolate bars. However, for some people, they know that by having a, a couple pieces of very dark chocolate, it's very satiating for them to the degree that they don't feel like they necessarily need to have anything else. Uh, in which case, that would be something that I would strongly suggest. For some people, a glass of wine can be a very good buffer for them in this scenario that allows them to enjoy something seemingly sweet uh, or stress relieving after dinner or with dinner while they're cooking that will keep them from eating the junk after dinner, whereas some people will drink a glass of wine and it will only lead to another glass of wine and another glass of wine and then all the desserts that they would normally have. So this is where you need to start to play around with what are your triggers, what are your buffers, and how can you start to include the foods that you want to include without feeling any guilt, shame, regret, or any feeling that it doesn't belong for any other reason than it's your perception that it's a quote-unquote bad food. So that's my long-winded response to how to include sweet treats in situations where we're in a calorie deficit when we're trying to be conscious of our intake. And it certainly can be a slippery slope, but this is, you know, this is the gold of, of, of the coaching program of understanding like it's these nuanced aspects of, of when you're manipulating your calories, when you're trying to create a calorie deficit, these are the problems that people encounter. It's not I'm not following the meal plan. It's not like, you know, going over your carbs or fats. It's like, what are the day-to-day -day stressors and emotions that we deal with that contribute to the choices that we make? How do we identify with those? And then how do we come up with strategies for starting to shift those feedback loops around our behaviors? How do we decide to start to make better decisions that are in line with our goals that aren't going to lead us down a, a road of self-sabotage? All right, crew. Uh, I think that is enough. I appreciate all of you so much. Do me a favor if you guys have any friends that you think can value uh, a benefit from the content that I share. Please invite your friends into this community. Uh, and if you guys love what you hear on the show, well, then do me a favor and, and like, comment, share. And uh, if you're catching this on the podcast, leave a, a positive rating and review so that I can help more people make Smart Nutrition Simple. I appreciate you guys so much. Uh, if you guys are curious about uh, working together, uh, you can reach out to me at ben at bslnutrition.com. You can join our free nutrition group at smartnutritionmadesimple.com. You can check out our YouTube channel at smartnutritionmadesimpletv.com. Oh, you can check out our Fast Energy Fix, our free uh, Fast Energy Fix nutrition guide at uh, fastenergyfixguide.com. All right, that's it for today. Much love, guys. Appreciate you. I will catch you uh, in a couple weeks. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this content valuable, here are four ways I can help you in your nutrition journey for free. One, grab a free copy of my Fat Loss Fix Guide at fatlossfixguide.com. Two, join my free group at smartnutritionmadesimple.com. Three, 
subscribe to my YouTube channel at smartnutritionmadesimpletv.com. Four, leave a five-star rating and positive review so that we can gain access to more nutrition experts ready to share their knowledge with you and ultimately help more people make smart nutrition simple.